The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Studios, this is 1460 KXNO. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. All right, hour number two. Miller and Condon with you until noon. Murph and Andy then at two. The Fanatics come your way today at four. Coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, we will uh, talk to Alex Halstead in about 10 minutes. So we'll do a short segment here, Trent. Okay. Alex Halstead is we don't want to keep him away from his press conference duties. He's got Matt Campbell and players coming up here as he's in Ames awaiting that. So we'll pick Alex's brain on basketball tonight, what he expects to see. Who he, who's the, is there one Cyclone uh, newcomer that you are... Not excited, maybe, but yeah. want to see more than the other. Who, if so, who would that be? I think it's Trey Jackson. I, I want to see him. We've heard about the speed uh-huh. and about the shooting ability, and I saw my one stop at the Cap City League up the street from me. Did you? But it's Capital City League, mm-hmm. as we know. Where's he from? South, South Carolina. Right? South Carolina. South Carolina. So that's probably the one, if you would have said that before the news of yesterday that Alex broke. Mm-hmm. About the two freshmen that yep. are leaving, Leach and Anderson. Yeah, I was so intrigued by Mercedes Leach. Yeah, a guy that was, timing wise is weird, right? Yes, a top ten player nationally when he was like an eighth grader, ninth uh-huh. grader. Remember Peter Jock, kind of the same kind of story, Good and then point. injuries Great completely analysis. derailed it. Yep, and then we're homesick. You just don't know, but you're mm-hmm. right. The time, and not just to have this happen right before on the eve of the season. But to have two guys have it, mm-hmm. that say something. I don't know what it says. It, it's could um, you intonate maybe push to the door? Hey, maybe we made a mistake here. You're not Big Twelve quality. I hope that's not the case. But you would hope it, not. It's it's sports. It's college mm-hmm. sports. It certainly wouldn't be the first time that it happened. Neither guy was highly ranked, right at the time. I mean, Leach was, but at one point. But right. you, but you're you're 100 right about that. Neither were top 200 players even mm-hmm. nationally. Yeah, because so. Leach was what in the mid 200s. Yeah, I think, right. Yeah. And the um, kid from Florida, Anderson, was, yeah, right in that 250 to 300 range. Mm-hmm. I want to see Grill. That's a Caleb Grill. That's it sounds kid. like he's really athletic. Yeah, he's he's the one. And, of course, Bolton. I mean, we saw Bolton last year. We though. did, yes. But I want to see, you know, from the Big Ten to the Big 12 and how, um, you know, what he looks like. Is Nixon going to play? Well, I guess we should ask Alex Hall. We will. That we will. When we get to him. A couple of notes before we run out of this short segment here. Um, USC is is telling the world and, and ADs uh, that may be in the market for a football coach that they are not in the market for Urban Meyer. USC is not an option for Urban Meyer. Is this something an Edith Cannon down from the school president? I don't know because they haven't made it official yet, have they, that they hired the Cincinnati AD? I mean, it's the worst kept secret in the yeah. world. But apparently, look, Clay Elton's still got a job and he's still got a ton to play for. Mm-hmm. No doubt. This, this team could, they, they could win their division still. Yes. So the last thing you want it, you know, to, to flow it out there that, you know, it doesn't matter how good his record is or how far you guys go, he's not going to lead you next year. Um, but making it known that he's out. And then the Bobby Stoops, the Florida State stuff that broke last night. And there seems to be some credible sites reporting this trend. It doesn't seem like... And didn't he take a job in the XFL? I mean, obviously, well, that that would be gone. That's right. No, not the, but he did, though, right? He's yes, in Dallas? Yeah. Is that where what is, it is? I don't yeah. know where he is. I don't care about the league. No, I'm It'll right never there with it. you. Nope, it won't. 
and we'll be excited, and everybody will watch the first week, and then uh-huh. the second week, no the one numbers watch. will drop off. Right. Off a cliff. Every single one of these leagues that start up in the spring, it happens every single time. I guess. I mean, he was at Florida for a long time. Before mm-hmm. he got to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. he was the D coordinator mm-hmm. for Spurrier with the Gators. Yep. Understands the area. Played Florida State in the national championship win mm-hmm. in his second year. You can win big there. You can win big there. Yep. They will invest. Yep. They put the money into it. They will allow you to cut corners. Absolutely. That's another piece. Uh-huh. And it's a one-team conference right now. It's a one-team conference. And I know Clemson is a behemoth, uh-huh. but... Look, somebody's got to somebody's got to come up, right? There was, there was a, you can you can look around and you can see one team conferences that all of a sudden got some competition, or you've knocked off. Uh, What's a better job, USC or Florida State? I still think Florida State Do because you? of Florida. A lot of players in Southern Cal. Yeah, there is, and USC gets their pick, and you don't mm-hmm. got Alabama, nope. and Clemson. And Miami and Florida mm-hmm. and Georgia all coming That's into true. your neck of the woods. It is. I think he can USC win gets your pick of the litter. I think he can win at both places. Yes, I do. Can. Um, and what do you make of the LSU Alabama line six and a half, six six and a half somewhere in there? That's two a dependent. Mm-hmm. That total. What is the no? I didn't sixty five. Sixty five in an LSU Alabama game. They played twice the year that they played for the national title. Yeah. They scored a combined thirty six oh. points. <laughs> In two games. And both were entertaining as hell. 65. Do you have an opinion on that game yet? I have a lean. I'm not sure I'm good. I'm sold. I like LSU. Do you? Yes, I do. They haven't looked great lately. I think that they're going to score, Trent. I'm not sold on... Their defense is mm-hmm. not LSU-like. But when they needed to, remember the second half of the Florida-Florida was mm-hmm. putting it to yeah. them in the first half, and then the final 30 minutes, they looked like a different defense. Um, LSU's lost one of their starting linebackers, been kicked off the team yesterday. I kind of, I'm leaning at this point, LSU, I could be talked out of it. I'm though. probably leading Alabama, but that's too independent. Fun week. Oh, it's a great week. Great week. Penn State, Minnesota to start the time slot. Then you start Alabama, LSU before Iowa, Wisconsin kicks off. Then flip back and forth. That's my whole bottom line rant from earlier. I'm going to try we'll and get watch something set up for you. <laughs> a piece of Velcro on yeah, the bottom. There you of go. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a pretty shiny night. And of course, Iowa State, Oklahoma to wrap things up. All right, we're going to get to Alex Halstead in just a few minutes. But first, it's time to put another $1,000 in your bank account, your bull bankroll, wherever you can use the G note. Let's do it. Text the keyword yoga to 200 200 right now. That's yoga to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation phone. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Iowa State conversation with Alex Halstead from 24-7 Sports Cyclone. Alert next when Trent and I continue. It's Des Moines Sports Station 1460. 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, Miller and in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Alex Halstead momentarily. Rob Doster, NBCSports.com on college basketball. And the uh, two mammoth games tonight, one versus two and three versus four in Madison Square Garden. Iowa State is at Hilton tonight, uh, taking on an overmatched squad. Who's what, 34-point? Iowa State's 34-point favorite now? That's what Bill Hill has it at. 34 the number. Grab the Delta Devils. 
<laughs> grab the Delta Devils. A lot of ground to cover with you, Alex Halstead. And thank you very much for giving us a few minutes. You know, I'm going to get to, obviously, the news that came from the basketball program yesterday. What do you expect to see tonight? Some football. I guess Xavier Foster is going to be in the house tonight, apparently. You reported this yesterday after uh, he was at uh, Carver-Hawkeye last night. The announcement is Monday. Nobody seems to... Nobody seems to even have an opinion or a thought as to how this is going to turn out. Will he choose Iowa? Will he choose Iowa State? Do you have any, I guess, gut feeling as to which way it's going to go, Alex? Good to talk to you, and how about that to start? Yeah, yeah good to be on with you guys. And uh, That's kind of been the big question. Everybody wants to know on the board and everything, hey, is there anything new? And Really, there isn't. They, this, uh, you know, his family, whether you know, talk about his, his parents or, or himself, uh, have really played this close to their vest, and I think that's kind of everything I've been able to gather from talking to different people. Is uh, I think both sides feel good, but I think both sides also know that they don't really know right now. So uh, what I heard most recently was that he maybe has not made a full decision quite yet. And uh, I did talk with his dad just briefly yesterday, exchanged a message with him to see if they had any final visits before that Monday decision that you mentioned, Monday, November 11th. Uh, and uh, his dad said, like you said, he was at Carver-Hawkeye last night for the exhibition, and he's expected to be at Hilton Coliseum tonight for the season opener for Iowa State. And those would be his last two visits, and then in less than a week uh, he should be making a decision. News yesterday, Alex Halstead broke it as Iowa State freshman Luke Anderson and Marcetus Leach also uh, will be transferring from the basketball program with the impending announcement for Xavier Foster. Questions about scholarships. Anything to read into this? Are you connecting any dots, Alex? Yeah, I think it's just kind of coincidental timing because okay. Steve Prohm had been open to oversigning in this class because of several different factors, whether that's you look at programs across college basketball these days, most of them lose somebody in the spring. Plus, Iowa State uh, knows there's the potential that Tyrese Halliburton could be on NBA radars come mm-hmm. spring. So they had planned to sign three or four regardless, but uh, you know the fact that they did lose uh, Barcetus Leach and Luke Anderson, uh, half of their 2019 recruiting class uh, before the season begins tonight, uh, that does open up two scholarships. And so technically now they've got four open scholarships for the 2020-2021 season when you talk about Michael Jacobson and Prentice Nixon graduating and then those two open scholarships. And that doesn't even factor in that they could still have something open in the spring, whether it's Tyrese Halliburton or something else uh, that just kind of happens in college basketball programs. So they've got plenty of room to play with. They've got two commits in this recruiting class. Uh, and Jaden Walker, a point guard from Georgia, and Dudley Blackwell, a wing from Florida. Um, you know, they're still in, obviously, on Xavier Foster, but Steve Prohm said yesterday uh, that now that they have two open scholarships and the fact that the NCAA has changed its rule, they can use those two scholarships at the mid-year, and so they're very interested in potentially taking a mid-year transfer. Hmm. Of the uh, the freshmen that remain, I'm not saying anybody's going to you know surprise the way Ty- Tyrese Halliburton did last year. But of the of the freshmen, I don't want I don't want to bring Bolton's a sophomore. I, mean, I don't want to make it open to newcomers. But of the freshmen, who might have the biggest impact on this team this year? Definitely Trey Jackson. I think he's a guy that you're going to potentially see emerge as a, a, a perimeter threat. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that you, you could probably end up seeing getting, you know, 15 type minutes a game. Uh, I think. I think Caleb Grill is going to get a chance to be in that rotation if it goes, say, nine deep, especially in non-conference play. But I think Caleb Grill, you're probably looking at more on, on a nightly basis, maybe being five to ten type minutes. Uh, but Steve Fromm did say the one thing Grill can come in and do is make a three-point shot. So that's going to be kind of the role of both of those guys. Is they're probably going to be able to add a little bit more uh, on the perimeter for them. But uh, in the two scrimmages, it sounds like, you know, Trey Jackson was kind of the freshman, even before those two left, um, that was really playing. And I actually, you know, that kind of ties into it. 
uh, this whole thing. You know, they brought in these four guys in this 2019 recruiting class. The two names we'd heard really since the beginning were Caleb Grill and Trey Jackson, and uh, those were the two that played in the scrimmages. From everything I'd heard, uh, Luke Anderson and Mercedes Leach did not play in either scrimmage against Minnesota mm-hmm. or Wisconsin. And so maybe all that tied together, they kind of realized it was better. Um, it, it's quick, but maybe better to just do it now than wait. What can you tell us about Prentice Nixon? We're awaiting to see uh, if he's going to go. Do you expect to see him out on the floor tonight? Yeah, Steve Prom said no injuries really other than the, really the Nixon bruises. So they, they should be all good to go. Their, their presumed lineup is going to be Prentice Nixon, Roger Bolton, Tyrese Halliburton in the backcourt, and then Michael Jacobson and Solomon Young um, in the front court. So uh, that's the presumed starting lineup. But that's actually one interesting thing about this team is, you know, Steve Prom said yesterday, I asked him, you know, how much experimenting is going to be going on here early in the season. And he said, really, there's going to be a lot of experimenting, you know, these first few months and early into the season because this is a team that he thinks, and he mentioned this, depending on what team they're playing, what matchup they have each night, they could go with different lineups and they could go with different guys in terms of minutes. So, you know, if they're playing a big team, maybe some of the bigs are going to be playing more minutes and, and it limits minutes for some of those guards. But if they're going to play small some nights, uh, their guards could be heavy in minutes. So, that's going to be one interesting thing to watch as this season unfolds is what do these lineups look like and how much do they really change lineups on a nightly basis. Who's going to shoot the three when they need a three ball? Who's going to be – because seemingly they've always had that guy, right? Um, they, they, they've, that's been a part of the, their roster makeup. I know Halliburton can make him. He certainly made a number of them last year. But, but who else can they count on to make a three? Yeah, I think Halliburton shot like you know 3.6 per game and shot at a 40-plus percent clip, so obviously that's a good number. The first scrimmage, he shot seven. I don't know how many he shot against Wisconsin, but I think you can definitely expect him to maybe be at more like five or six a game, uh, potentially. I mean, it, it we'll find out, I guess, here in, in the next couple of weeks what that looks like. But um, he's going to have to shoot at a higher clip. Um, but it, that's going to be one of the biggest questions is where does this, some of this perimeter shooting come from? Roger Bolton and Prentice Nixon can both do it. I think they're going to have to add. Uh, because Iowa State loses something like um, – you know, I think it's more well, well over two thirds. It's like seventy five percent or more of yeah. the three pointers from last year. Four of their top five three point shooters are gone. So, you know, people have to step up. I think it's going to have to be a collective effort, whether it's Bolton and Nixon, but then Grill and Jackson off the bench. And you know, one thing we heard, and, and this is always kind of talked about, uh, and, and we'll see if it actually holds true. But it sounds like Michael Jake's, Jacobson, since he's going to play the four, is going to step out there and shoot some more. Now, he's not going to be the guy that you're talking about. That when you need a critical shot, who's going to shoot that three? I think that's a big question. But I think just when you talk about the overall volume, uh, they do expect Jacobson to shoot more. But that's something we kind of always hear, and we'll see if that actually holds true. Quick peek ahead to the weekend. Of course, Iowa State football on the road at Oklahoma night game down in Norman. But before that, 3.30 in the afternoon, Oregon State, it's a Pac-12 network game. Is Chris calling that game radio-wise? Did I hear that Williams is doing that? I don't know. Hadn't heard. but I did. My uh, my question is for people that want to see that and don't have Pac-12 Network. Have you been making phone calls to the <laughs> local bars, seeing who's got Dish Network around here? Yeah, yeah. First of all, I think yeah, Chris is going out there because uh, John and Eric, John Walters and Eric, oh, sure. be at Oklahoma. So yeah, they'll be at Oklahoma. And I think he's out there. But uh, that was actually my first question. I as of now, I'm going down to Oklahoma, and I uh, will have some time for the game. I actually, I might be in the press box, but I got to figure out who carries the Pac-12 right. Network. I, I didn't know if, if this is like a digital thing or what, but uh, I, I've read a little bit about how it's not been all that successful, but mm-hmm. 
I don't know who carries it. So that's going to be a question. That's actually maybe a, you maybe just came up with a story idea for me. I might have to figure out uh, a viewing guide for these fans. Yeah, no doubt about yes. it. Well, you know, both uh, both Iowa State and Oklahoma coming off losses, both coming off bye weeks uh, this past week. I here my biggest question, and it's I mean it doesn't take I don't think a, a genius to figure this out. And when you're you know when you're looking at this Oklahoma team is. Is, is what do you want to do? You want to take her, the runaway and keep make Hurts throw the ball, and if you do, who the heck is going to cover C.D. Lamb? I mean, nobody's been able to, regardless of who's lined up on the other side of the field of them. And Rambo's a good player in his own right, but Lamb is elite. So, what do you want to do? You want to make Hurts throw it, and if so, who's going to cover Lamb? Yeah, I think uh, you know you you want to make him throw it. I think is kind of the big thing. I think it's not to say that he's not a good player, but he's not the same type of passer as maybe Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray. I think he's still a good player, but he's not as prolific of a of a passer maybe that. I mean, CeeDee Lamb has made a lot of plays for him, and, and they've obviously got a lot of playmakers. When he runs, that really creates the dynamic because then you have to pay so much attention to that 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 does open up a lot of the different passing elements of their, of their game. You know, this is just uh, – you go back to Gary Patterson at Big 12 Media Days, and he said you have to be kind of insane or – crazy to want to be a defensive coordinator in the Big 12. I think this is probably the prime example of that is John Haycock. I mean, there's really no perfect perfect way to defend Oklahoma because you know you look at their yards per play, it's nine plus. Mm. Uh, second in the country is in the sevens. Um, you know, they're, they're averaging two yards more per play than any other team in the country. And it's just like, I think the biggest thing for them is you know they're going to score. Um, they've scored 30 plus points, I think, since against Iowa State in every game since 2012. The question is, can you make them take time to score? Uh, because I think that's kind of how Iowa State's defense tries to play. Is you're probably going to give a point to Jalen Hurts and CeeDee Lamb in that offense, but can you make them work for it instead of giving up some of those huge plays to CeeDee Lamb or some of those huge runs to Jalen Hurts? Bounce back fa- factor here for Brock Purdy after that devastating fourth quarter. I know uh, Ken brought this up yesterday. I'd love to get your perspective. A guy that has had a lot of positives throughout his Iowa State career. One of the first big negatives, what happened in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Matt Campbell talked about that yesterday a little bit. That that's one of the things that he's seen from Purdy really through the through the last you know almost two seasons is is the way he's bounced back. And like you said, he hasn't had a lot of adversity when you go whatever it was seven and two last year, including the bowl game. That's not a lot of adversity. There's not a lot of losses there for him last year, and, and uh, even the losses this year, he's played well at moments. So uh, that was kind of really his first true moment of you know what's going on here. Um, but I think we've seen it in game, and it'll be interesting to see what it looks like from a week later, because you look at some of the games last year, you know, he throws the quick pick against uh, West Virginia last year, and then he plays a, uh, a really good game against uh, Washington State in that bowl game. He was not very good in the first quarter, and then he had a really good second, third, and fourth quarter. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of what he looks like now here a week later. And um, things just kind of spiraled out of control in that fourth quarter. I think if that pick six doesn't happen, then maybe some of that other stuff doesn't unfold. Uh, but I think once that pick six happened, then he really started pressing. And I think that's one of the things with him is just, you know, making sure he doesn't get into the, the, the situation where he thinks he has to make every play. Hmm. The uh, Oklahoma depth chart has come out. Refresh my memory on this because he's, Eisworth is, uh, is listed, uh, as starting again. Um, was that the case in the games that he missed too? Should we read into this depth chart that maybe Eisworth is going to start and uh, and potentially, I mean, love to be, make it through it. I mean, they certainly need him against Oklahoma. But uh, what do you read into the fact Eisworth's on top of this week's depth chart for Oklahoma, if anything? And then what are you hearing as far as Eisworth? Yeah, I wouldn't read a ton into the depth chart at all. You know, it's, he's been there the whole time. Uh, in fact, I think they still have Colin. 
Newell starting at center, and that hasn't been the case. Even Colin Newell is healthy and can play, but they just haven't wanted to mess with an offensive line that they think is gelling right now. So uh, the depth start, I don't think, is a big indicator of much there. But I asked Campbell yesterday about Eisworth, and he said that you know he's certainly better. I think they feel like he really didn't play against uh, Oklahoma State because he, he got hurt on the sixth play. So they think yep. he got that week off. He got last week off. He'll be resting a little bit this week. Um, I would think he might try to give it a go because I think at this point – it's not something that I think can get much worse. I think it's just how much can he deal with the pain on a week-to-week basis. And so he's basically had almost three weeks off in terms of not actually probably going full contact or playing. Um, and so I think he would probably give it a go. But, you know, we've seen that, you know, when he gives it a go, it can a certain tackle or a certain way he hits. Uh, he can get hurt on the fifth play of the game or he can make it through a game. It's just kind of, uh, you know, how does that shoulder hold up week to week? Alex, great stuff. I uh, appreciate you coming on. We had a lot of ground to cover with you. I know that you've got a, a busy rest of your day. When will you guys get Haycock? Is that tomorrow? Yeah, we'll get Haycock and, and Manning tomorrow. We're about to do uh, Matt Campbell's telecom- or press conference here in Ames and then uh, coordinators tomorrow. Good stuff. Thank you, Alex. We'll look for that. Appreciate it. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7 Sports. Counting on you, uh, Cyclone Fanatic, to post that Haycock video. <laughs> I love listening to this guy talk defense. I really do. There's a reason people across the yeah. country flock to Ames to talk about how do you slow down these new offenses. Mm-hmm. He's figured it out. No, he has. I'm just looking at the rest of the depth chart. Now, at least Shaquan Bailey's not on it. If that's good. <laughs> Um, the running backs, the cronies at the top still. Then Lang, then Nwongo. You know, we used to Brees joke Hall. about the Iowa depth chart all the time. Yeah. Matt Campbell and his staff's taking it to a yeah. new level, have Yeah, I think he has. <laughs> I think he has. Because I didn't remember if Eisworth was out, was listed on it or not. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is nothing new that he's back on top of the depth chart. Look, at, uh, they need him. I hope he's, I hope he's good to go and he can get through the game. They need him. And you want to, like, you want to make her throw the football. Yes. Keep Pick him your in poison. The Keep him in the pocket. He leads the team in rushing by like 500 yards or some stupid number. And they got some dudes that can run the football, too. They do. And they got some guys that can catch the football, too. Eddie Lamb. Ooh. Isn't he something? He's awesome. Oh, my God. So much fun. Yeah, he really is. Uh, Pittman at USC. Of course, Judy. Um, well, that whole crew at that Alabama. That whole crew at Alabama. The three of them at Alabama. Ruggs and company. Um, Johnson up in Minnesota. Johnson up in Minnesota. Wallace at Oklahoma State. Boy, he was a... Oh, there's some dudes. We got a month left. We do. Four games. Two and two for Iowa State? No. Three and one. Yes. Okay. I like the positive. So you've got them beating K-State in Manhattan. I do. I certainly did. I didn't before the year. Oh, so you, that's weird. We've flip-flopped that way. Uh, look, they can still win, but K-State's going to be a much dif- more difficult game than we anticipated. And Kansas has a pulse. And Kansas has a pulse. More Conversely, likely. Uh, Illinois's got a pulse. Three Iowa. and one or one and three? More likely three and one or one and three. Four. More likely. It's tough, isn't it's it? It's tough. You can make a compelling case on either side. It's not... Hot take to go one way or the other. No, it's not, Trent. You can, I mean, Texas is Texas. K-State has a pulse. Oklahoma, I don't think they're going to beat Oklahoma. I don't think anybody no. thinks they're going to beat Oklahoma. Um, I don't think the Cyclone Fanatic, when they project it on the front page, the writers, mm-hmm. normally they take Iowa State. <laughs> right. I don't think there's going to be a lot of Iowa State uh, guys taking Iowa State in this. Just more likely, ago. Trent, I think more, it's a good one. 
That's a good one. I think it's one in three. I think it is more likely one in three. No, I think and it I just was... had a three and one. Yeah. What about Iowa? More likely three and one or one in three? Mm-hmm. <sighs> You've had them beating the Gophers and you haven't yes. budged. No, not at all. Um, uh, the, Illinois got a pulse. They do. Nebraska doesn't have a prayer. Nebraska is so bad. I think it's three and one. More likely three and one. Yeah, they're not losing to Nebraska, and I don't think I still don't think they're losing to Illinois. I don't at home. either. I think the answer for both of them is two and two. Yeah, right. I think, yeah. They, but if you're if we're forced to do a one and three or a three and one, more likely it's kind of like the conversation we had before the year. You can't pick eight and four for yeah, Iowa, Iowa State. Right, you right, go nine right. and three to go seven and five. Yeah. Kind of the same conversation here. That's a good point. Uh, we're down to the final third of the regular season. Iowa bowl eligible. Iowa State still one win away. Rob Doster, Trent, and I talk college basketball. We're going to take a long look. At the two games tonight, Michigan State, Kentucky, Duke, and Kansas. Doesn't get much better than that. ESPN has them both. In between those games, we'll see our first playoff poll. It is a wonderful night to be a sports fan. We've got Maction to sprinkle in. Oh, baby. Coming back with Rob Doster, Trent and I till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 14... It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Talk College Basketball. Rob Doster, Michigan State, Kentucky, Kansas versus Duke. Uh, they collide tonight, Madison Square Garden. Rob Doster with that and uh, more college basketball from a national perspective. Before we do that, Trent, just real quick, want to remind our listeners out there that we have tickets to give away to the Minnesota-Iowa football game. Uh, just go to KXNO.com, click the contest page. Uh, there you'll see the Hawkeye. Uh, click on it. All we ask you to do is total points scored in this uh, week's game, Wisconsin and Iowa. If you're closest without going over, combined score, Wisconsin and Iowa, you will win two tickets to see the Gophers and the Hawkeyes. It's as simple as that. KXNO.com. Click the contest link. Rob Doster, Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. It is here, and what a way to kick things off tonight. How are you? How are you? Man, I'm, I'm great. We finally get to talk about basketball games. I'm so glad that I can come on here and I don't have to listen to you guys ask me questions about Kansas or Bill Self or, uh, you know, what's going on with the, with the NLI rules and what's going to happen with the NCAA and who's getting punished and all that kind of stuff. We get to talk hoops, man. Let's go. I'm fired up. I am too. Who is this year's Zion Williams? Is it um, Wiseman? Is it Anthony? Which are, the, are those two the most likely? Of course, Memphis for Wiseman, Anthony uh, at, uh, at UNC. Is it, is it those two or am I missing one? You know, I don't think that there is a Zion Williamson this season. I just uh, – Zion Williamson was special. Yeah. And I don't think that we should ever overrate exactly what we saw from him last season by comparing other people to him and saying that we're going to see another one because I just don't think we are. You know, I think I would make the argument that Zion Williamson was the best prospect that we've seen come through college basketball since at least Anthony Davis and, you know, he might even be the best basketball prospect since LeBron. Just the way that he kind of, as athletic he is and, and uh, you know, how well he fits with the modern basketball game is and how effective he is around the basket and how good of a passer he is. Everything involved with him, um, I, I just, 
I don't think that we're ever going to see somebody like him again. So I kind of hesitate to say that there's okay. going to be a Zion uh, 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 Williamson this season. That said, I do think that Cole Anthony is probably going to end up being the most exciting freshman mm-hmm. in the sport this year. Just you know, he's he's so much fun to watch, man. Like you guys are going to love if you like high volume scores. If you like guys that can kind of play, you know, I, I hesitate to make this comparison because I know that some people are going to kind of run with it too much, but he's going to be college basketball's version of Russell Westbrook. The way that he can kind of get and go on the defensive glass, the way that he, the the high volume score that he is, um, the numbers that he's going to produce, the dunks that he's going to have on people. He's going to posterize at least one person this season and, uh, you know, maybe borderline in their career. So um, (laughs) he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So the thing about Wiseman, like I love him as a prospect, but to me, you know, Cole Anthony's a guy that's going to be exciting because he might average 25 uh, or 20 points and five assists, something like that. Wiseman, to me, like, he's going to end up being something like a Miles Turner, right? Like, I think that his, the skill that he has that makes him elite is the physical tools that he, he can display defensively. You know, I, I don't think he's someone if, – if let me put it like this. If Memphis wants James Wiseman taking 20 shots a game, Memphis is going to be in trouble. So um, – that's just kind of where I stand with it, and and you know I think that he's he's a good player and a great prospect, and I think that he's uh, probably going to end up being like a top fifty player in the NBA, maybe a top thirty player in the NBA when it's all said and done. But he's just not like the high volume, big number scoring numbers uh, kind of a player. He's going to be a guy whose elite skill is kind of on the defensive end and, and the versatility that comes with that. You mentioned James Wiseman, and of course the vaunted recruiting class coming in for Memphis. Well, Precious Achua and a couple other guys there. They might go five freshmen in that starting lineup at times, but this is Memphis team. It's Memphis. We, we don't have the same handle as we do if it was a Duke or a Kentucky. Right. So what are your expectations? I mean, I've seen everywhere from preseason top three to eh, maybe this is a Sweet 16 team. What can you tell us? Memphis is certainly going to be a conversation piece this year. Your expectations for them? My expectations are lower than I think anybody else's, and that's simply because we're looking at a team that is going to have five freshmen starting and, uh, you know, seven freshmen in their rotation. And, uh, you know, there's a reason why the saying in coaching circles is the best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not – I understand why people are excited about them. I want Kansas – or I'm sorry, I want Memphis fans to be excited about them because when Memphis is good, it is good for the sport. Like that Memphis fan base is passionate. They're insane. They're, you know, Kentucky, but on Beale Street, everything about uh, the Memphis fan base is, is fun and it makes the sport better. And they should be excited about this group because they're going to have a lot of fun watching them. But the idea that a team that's going to have seven freshmen in a 10-man rotation, starting five of them, when only one of those freshmen is a top 15 prospect, uh, I just can't get behind the idea that those are that that's a team that's going to immediately step in and be a national title contender. So I'm kind of fading them early in the season, right? Like I got them, so I have a national title futures ticket on them at 50 to one odds, but they're 16 to one right now. 16 to one is insane uh, for this Memphis team. Uh, there's just there's not enough value there. If I was going to bet them, the way that I think is going to happen is, uh, you, you know, it's going to be a little bit slow at the start of the year. They're probably going to take some lumps early. They have to play Oregon out in Portland, and that might uh, not go all that well for Memphis. Um, they play NC State, I think, on Thanksgiving night in Brooklyn, so that'll be an interesting matchup. But uh, I think they're going to take some lumps early, and they're going to look like freshmen early. But if it all comes together, 
you know, a team that has James Wiseman and, and Boogie Ellis and Damian Bob both have a chance to end up being, uh, you know, potentially first-round picks down the road. So if everything comes together for them, that's a team that's going to be dangerous in March. But I just kind of think that they are like, I look at them a little bit as like a six seed uh, when it comes to the tournament. And we've seen six seeds make it to the, the make a run before, you know. Don't forget, the Fab Five was a six seed the first year that they yeah, were in the NCAA easy. tournament. And uh, I believe they made it to the title game they the did. year that they were freshmen. So um, they, don't count Memphis out. Just you know, lower your expectations a little bit in November. Rob Doster from NBC Sports is our guest. All right, Rob, the two conferences that move our needle, the Big Ten and the Big 12, both of them seemingly, while nobody's beating Kansas, while nobody's beating Michigan State, which of those two, I guess, favorites in those respective conferences isn't going to win their respective conference, Michigan State or Kansas? I mean, I'm all in on Kansas winning. You know, I think my hot take is that by the end of the Champions Classic, we're going to be saying that Kansas is clearly the best team in the country. Mm. Uh, I just, I I think that they're going to have a very impressive performance against Duke. I don't think Duke matches up all that well with them. If you have a chance to get to a legal sports book or maybe an (laughs) illegal one, and you can get Kansas. It's legal here, baby. That's legal in New Jersey, too. So, uh, so I had to get my bets in before I make it up to New York City today. <laughs> but anyway, um, if you can get Kansas at minus two, you know, the, I'm not saying bet the mortgage on it, but, you know, maybe bet a grocery bill or two. You know, I, I think that it's, uh, there's a lot of value there. So that's my hot take is that Kansas by the end of this, uh, by the end of this Champions Classic will be clearly the best team in the country. Um, and I, you know, I, I like Iowa State. I like Texas. I like Baylor. I don't like any of them to be good enough to compete with Kansas. Like, I think everybody else in the Big 12 is kind of in that, like, 15 to 25 range. And to me, Kansas is just far and away uh, – I don't want to say far and away, but they're 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 going to end up clearly being the best team in the country. Michigan State worries me a little bit, and that's because, you know, I, you look at their roster, and they have three guys that are going to be playing tonight that are not a freshman and not a sophomore. And that's Cassius Winston, Xavier Tillman, and Kyle Aarons. And Kyle Aarons uh, is banged up. I believe I can't remember if he's the one with the broken nose or with the bum ankle, uh, but he, he's banged up. And there are some questions about whether or not he's going to play today. Obviously, Josh Langford dealing with the foot thing. Uh, you know, that's that's not a good situation for him. But they are going to have a lot of young guys playing in new and expanded roles. And I'm not ready to go all the way in on Michigan State until I kind of see how it comes together and. You know, I, I will say this, though. If you are going to have a team that's young and you're going to have a team that's still trying to figure out how everything comes together, it's really nice when you have a point guard like a Cassius Winston that can kind of carry the load for you. So uh, there are definitely concerns about Michigan State, but um, those concerns can be alleviated a little bit when you have the best player in the country running the point for you. Last thing from me, Rob, I know you're a degenerate like myself, Took a shot at Louisville. That was my favorite national title future. Got them at 18-1. to Also took a shot at Florida. And then my deep shot, Maryland. Like any of those? Dislike any of those? And who are you firing at to win it all? I, I love all three. I have uh, national title futures for all three of them. Um, my favorite bet right now, is I, it's still 11-1 to for Kansas to win it all. And I think that that's probably going to change um, after yes. this, this uh after tonight, so I, I think you guys are kind of uh, getting the sense that I'm very high on the Kansas. I can so tell. I just, <laughs> I, I just uh, you know, invested in the future on them this morning because I figured that it's probably going to be the best price that I'll get all season. 
Uh, I like you said. I like Louisville. I like Florida. I like Maryland. All those odds have all kind of moved up, though. So I don't quite like them as much today as I did uh, when I got them. And in, in trying, I'm assuming when you got them. If you want to take a flyer on somebody, I would take a look at Houston at 66 to one and LSU at 80 to one. Those are uh, those are the interesting um, kind of deep sleepers. LSU. I, I feel like LSU is getting nowhere near the credit that they deserve for a team that's going to have their starting lineup is Javante Smart, Skyler Mays. Uh, Marlon Taylor, Trendon Watford, and Emmett Williams. That's as good as like, they're going to be able to compete with anybody in the SEC this season. So uh, I really like them. And then Houston, obviously, like I just think that they're mispriced right now. You know, Dejan Giroux is going to step up and have a really big year. They literally just got a McDonald's All American eligible for the season, and their price hasn't changed at all. So sixty six to one is too cheap for them. Hmm. What about my Terps? I like this. Maryland forty to squad. one is here at our uh, sports book in town. Forty to one. I love that price, Rob. What, what about you, Rob? Maryland yeah. at all? You like them? So the only problem with Maryland is, like, on paper they look great. Yeah. But you also have to remember that, like, they're still Maryland, right? <laughs> so when was the last time? Uh, no, I'm serious. Like, when was the last time? Can you remember the time when Mark Turgeon entered a season where he had a certain level of expectation like he has this year and they lived up to it? Mm. How many guys, like, the reason that I'm I'm high on them on paper is that, I love Anthony Cowan. You know, he had a like kind of like what, like a five or six week swing where he wasn't very good last year, but beyond that, he was really, really good. He's going to be a senior point guard, mm-hmm. and he's going to be playing on a roster that has a, a, a junior class that should all take a step forward. But the problem is, I just feel like guys stagnate under Turgeon at Maryland. You know, Melo Trimble never really got better. Anthony Cowan kind of still is the guy that he was as a sophomore. So, are we really going to be able to bank on Jalen Smith taking a step forward? Or are we going to be able to bank on? Aaron Wiggins kind of, uh, you know, I think he's a guy with sneaky NBA potential. I do too. But he's going to be able to show it this year. Ricky Lindo is a, like a perfect energy guy to put next to Jalen Smith, but he's got to keep getting better. So um, Eric Ayala, I love him. So it all depends on how those guys kind of improve. And I, I'm, I'm always a little hesitant to bet on it. That said, Bruno Fernando went from being a guy that was just okay uh-huh. as a freshman to like really being one of the best uh, big men in college basketball last year. I think you know his his development as a sophomore kind of was uh, an under underappreciated storyline last season. So uh, the potential is definitely there. And like I said, I have the ticket for him at forty to one odds. So uh, if they win, I will be a happy man. As will I. Jumping on, hey Rob. Know you're heading up to Madison Square Garden. Absolutely. Got a few things to do. Enjoy it tonight. Well, number one versus number two before uh, uh, preceding. No, 3-4 goes first, 3-4 right? first, yeah, then 1-2 is the night Kansas cap. to start it off. Have a fun night at MSG. Yeah, absolutely. Robin, look forward oh, to talking I to you on a weekly basis. Fun. Glad you're back absolutely, with us. Absolutely, guys. Good for ha- Thanks for having me back on. Good catching up, and, uh, and like I said, let's go Terps. All right, see you, bud. Take care. <laughs> Rob Doster, uh, NBCSports.com. Really good get. He joins us each and every Monday. He takes Bama Bob's place when college football is over. Mm-hmm. Doster comes in. We talk college Basketball with Doster from a national perspective, uh, one of my favorite segments of the cold, dreary winter months. College basketball, we'll get Matt Norlander in here from CBS. He also will be at MSG tonight. Gary Parrish will be there. See if we can get Gary Parrish this season. Before, in the afternoons, we weren't able to do it, but now at our time slot... That's a good point, because he does afternoon drive in Memphis. In Memphis, yeah. Uh And with Memphis being there and our connection with Norlander, got to be pretty good friends with Matt throughout the years. Yeah, maybe we'll get Parrish, who's great. He is... Yes, he really is. And, you know... Very successful. 221 
on DirecTV, uh-huh. CBS Sports. Their college football content, their studio shows are excellent. Their college basketball shows, Ross Dean's on there, who's a little goofy, but content is incredibly good. They do a great job over there. They really Remember do. you saying that last year, actually. That, you need that, to flip it on from time it. to I think, time. Well, I will. Um, all right, so do you have an opinion on any of these two games tonight? Are you going to bet Kansas? I will bet Kansas. That is my uh, one of my favorite Doster ones tonight. Doster said take the elastic band off the bankroll. My biggest bet of the night. This will be three units. The under in the Badger-St. Mary's matchup from the Pentagon up in South Dakota. 129.5. Love the under. Hmm. We know Wisconsin's slow. St. Mary's also historically very slow team. And they're good. They're favored by five over the Badgers. And you like the under in that game. The under is my, yes, that is my five-star lock of the night. Iowa State cover? 34 is a lot of points. In some spots, it's 37.5 now. It's crazy. It's a lot of points. Delta Devils. Taking the Delta Devils. All right. Well, we'll reconvene. We'll talk about uh, basketball. Everything. Tomorrow. We will. Uh, what a great night. A little action sprinkled in. Wonderful night if you're a sports fan and you've got fresh batteries in the remote. Trent and I are back tomorrow, but Murph and Andy come your way at 2. Then the Fanatics at 4. The Morning Rush will precede us tomorrow. They kick off local programming at 6. 14